example of one that I showed at the hearing recently, the spherical orb metallic in the Middle East, 2022, by an MQ-9. I will come back to the sensor question that David raised here in a moment. This is a typical example of the thing that we see most of. We see these all over the world. You just heard from NASA, uh, pref pref briefing. A press briefing, briefing, two for two here. Here we go. You just heard from NASA. That was a press briefing they did recently. Welcome back to the cart. Uh, today, we're not talking about UFOs or NASA. We're talking about Nicaragua. Um, if you were in an alien spacecraft, you'd probably if you and, and went over Nicaragua. Let's see, what would you see? I don't actually know what Nicaragua looks like. Come and think of it. I thought I could get a cool little interesting intro here by saying, if you were in an alien spacecraft and looked over Nicaragua, you would see that the, 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 there were forests or there were deserts. Um, but I don't. So I'm looking that up right now. Let's see. I don't know. Images, Nicaragua. There's some, there's some very blue water. If you were in an alien spacecraft and you went over Nicaragua, you'd see some trees and some blue water. Um, Nicaragua is in a triangle shape, almost. Looks like there's some volcanoes. Anyways, that's what they're seeing from up there. From down here, what we're seeing um, is a country run by a guy named Daniel Ortega. Now, I'm, we're, just, we're, gonna, we're gonna start way back, all right, talking about Nicaragua in the 1900s, okay? When the U.S. and some European countries, right, wanted Nicaragua to grant them the rights to make a canal through the country, right? Because they wanted to ship shit from Europe to America and from America to China. Where, and probably not to China. I imagine they go the other way. But they wanted Nicaragua's land rights. So they're going to basically put a canal that went straight through Lake Nicaragua, which was, Lake Nic uh, sorry, which was Nicaragua's largest uh, freshwater source. That was the best place for them to put it. This is what they wanted to do, so they were trying to get those rights. Terrible, right? Let's take Nicaragua's largest freshwater source and just put, put seawater right through. Just filter seawater right through so we can do trade with, uh, with other nations. Anyways, the president in Nicaragua, who was named President Zelaya, Zelaya? I don't know. Um, he, he wasn't into this. He was like, look, I want my country to have fresh water. I don't like you bigger first world countries coming in here and trying to just take shit from us and screw us over. And so obviously the U.S. didn't like this guy. They didn't like the president of Nicaragua back in the early 1900s, right? Um, so what, what, what the U.S. began to do was support rebels that were trying to overthrow President Zelaya, right? Um, President Zelaya was also trying to regulate foreign access to some of Nicaragua's resources um, to, to instead use within Nicaragua instead of selling it to other countries. Um, big, kind of kind of opposed the, the exploitation um, from, from the U.S. Uh, so, I mean, hey, we're down with Zelaya as, as, of, as of now, right? 
I mean, I, I, me and, and the listener of this podcast, presumably. Maybe not. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, fuck over Nicaragua. Um, but in November of 1909, right, Zelaya, who we, we I mean, I, here we are, me and maybe you, listener, uh, support, he, he, he killed 500 revolutionaries. He executed them. And among them were two U.S. Uh, people from the U.S., U.S. citizens. Uh, obviously execution is not great, so that's a few points deducted from the points I've given him. But anyways, um, the U.S. sent some marine ships into Nicaragua to kind of intervene and continue to support the rebels. And later that year, the president resigned. Um, by 1912, Adolfo Diaz was president, and he was also facing a revolution this time from his secretary of war, his former secretary of war, who had fled Nicaragua to organize his, 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 uh, his revolution, right? So he had a formal a secretary of war. The secretary of war gets fired. He's like, fuck this, dude. Let's go and fucking kick this guy out. This Adolfo Diaz guy. Right? So Diaz, the president of Nicaragua, said to the U.S., he said, look, I need some help. You know, there's a revolution that's coming. So the U.S. sent in a lot of more Marines to the country, right? And those Marines stayed in Nicaragua until 1933, right, to kind of keep a lock on Diaz's presidency. Now, after about three years of the Marines being in Nicaragua, the U.S. was given the rights to the canal. But luckily, the U.S. did not make a canal going through Nicaragua's largest freshwater source because they already had the Panama Canal. And we just wanted the rights so that the French couldn't get it, so the English couldn't get it. We could have the lock on the one canal in South America. Panama might be in North America. I'm not totally sure. But as it stands, we have the only canal, right? And the, and the rights to the canal in Nicaragua. Great. Perfect. Um... Let's see. This is from my notes. It says the U.S. also wrote a new constitution and changed the National Assembly and propped up a regime loyal to the U.S. I, I didn't really look into this too much. I know that's been done before. Um, this is, so we're just gonna. I'm just gonna throw that out there. If you want to look that up yourself, go for it. Or if you just kind of want to assume that that's what's happening, that's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, I think there's probably some truth to it. Anyways, before the Marines left the country in 1933, they set up the National Guard, right? They trained them, provided them with weapons to keep stability in Nicaragua. However, the director of the National Guard, after the Marines left, decided to kind of kick out a bunch of the, uh, the, the other people that were leading within the National Guard, and they kicked out the president in 1937. He then rigged elections and became the president himself. His last name was Somoza Garcia. I will for, uh, I'm now going to refer to him as Somoza. Um, he was assassinated in 1956, but his family remained in power until 1979. Um, apparently, they had a lot of money, uh, which is not usually good uh, a good sign of a, a good ruler, but... His family, his family stayed in power for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe they don't know. If they, I guess they didn't have four-year terms in Nicaragua in, from 1956 to 1979 when the family ruled. Um, 
The Somozas were overthrown by a socialist group called the Sandinistas. The Contras, a right-wing rebel group, started to fight the socialist Sandinistas who were back trained and armed by the Reagan administration, right? So the, uh, sorry, so the, the Contras, they were fighting the Sandinistas who had taken power from the Somozas. Uh, they were being, you know, given weapons and support from, from the Reagan administration in the U.S., right? Trying to overthrow the Sandinistas. Great. The Reagan administration also put underwater mines in a port of Nicaragua to sabotage the country's ability to ship goods, to kind of screw them over economically. So the Reagan administration, obviously, very against a socialist regime. And any right-wing rebel group that can overthrow the dirty socialists uh, are going to get backed, backed by them by the Reagan administration, and that's what happened. Uh, in 1983, Congress voted uh, to ban funding of the Contras because um, they were kind of causing a lot of havoc in the country, killing people, destroying shit, that kind of stuff, causing terror. Um, and the Reagan administration went, okay, look, what's, what's our bigger priority here is to stop socialism, right? So basically what they did is they secretly started selling weapons to Iran, and with those profits... They sent the profits to the Contras. So the Reagan administration sold the weapons to Iran, sent the money to the Contras, who were overthrowing the socialist government in Nicaragua. Um, I believe some people went uh, to court for this within the Reagan administration. By 1990, which is interesting. Initially, I just wanted to jump to Reagan on this and be like, God, what the fuck, man? That's not cool. What... What a, what a terrible decision. But I recently watched a TV show. It's called White House Plumbers. It's about Watergate. And, uh, I mean, Nixon, Nixon, I mean, didn't, like, have a whole instrumental role in Watergate, really. All he did was kind of give the okay, you know? Other people came up with the ideas and executed it. So, yes, he did know about it. So maybe this is the same situation where Reagan was just giving the okay on this kind of stuff. He wasn't, like, in, in the... <laughs> in the pits and being like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go to Iran and we're going to sell them the weapons. And then you're going to take this guy and bring him over here with the money, whatever, you know, he might not have been in it like to that extent, but Hey, I'm sure he knew about it. Super interesting. Um, by 1990, the war had stopped and elections were held. The war between the Contras and the Sandinistas, 30,000 people died in that war. Um, fast forward to 2007, there are elections happening still. Daniel Ortega is elected. Daniel Ortega was a political prisoner of the Somoza family, fun fact, from 1967 to 1974 for armed bank robbery. His goal was to use the money to fund the Sandinistas, the socialists, um, and Ortega was released in 1974 in a hostage swap. Someone within his group, the Sandinistas, and I just organized it. Hey, we're going to give you some, some of your Somoza guys. You're going to give us our Sandinista guys. Perfect. We're all happy. Except we're not. We hate each other. We're still fighting. Um, the man who initiated the hostage swap was named Hugo Torres. Uh, he was a leader among the Sandinistas. And by the 1990s, Torres was uh, fed up with the Sandinistas and kind of frustrated how Ortega was operating within the ranks. Ortega was also a leader among the Sandinistas. So uh, Torres left to join uh, an opposition political coalition. Um, funny enough, Ortega, being the president, in 2021 arrested and jailed Torres. And Torres died in prison about one year later. So Torres, 
1979, 74, took Daniel Ortega out of prison. In 2021, 40 years later, Ortega put him in prison. Ortega's obviously doing all the right things in his presidency, all the stuff that, you know, you should do once you become president, such as abolishing presidential term limits in 2014. Uh, in 2017, his wife, Rosario Murillo, became vice president. Uh, sorry, I meant to say, if you're if you're a president looking to consolidate political power, he's doing all the right things. Um, Ortega's party controls uh, the National Assembly, 76 seats, which is about 75% of the National Assembly. Um, in 2021, seven presidential candidates were detained on treason charges. 328 people were killed in anti-government protests in 2018. So a little bit of political repression going on over there. Um, the U.S. Department of State website says Nicaragua was the second poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere in North and South America. So, right. Western Hemisphere, North and South America. I had to look that up. Weirdly enough, I don't know. I guess I couldn't figure out Western Hemisphere meant the Western part of the world, whatever. Anyways, the U.S. is Nicaragua's number one economic trading partner. The U.S. buys 50% of Nicaragua's total exports and supplies 27% of their total imports. Um, I don't know where I got that. It's written down here. Sorry, no. Look, look up those words. See if you can find those words. Maybe you can find the, the thing. The source, unless I change the words when I wrote it down, because I don't want to like, I want to say it in my own words, I guess. Whatever. Um, remittances from the U.S. total 1.4 billion in 2021. So there are a lot of Nic Nicaraguans sent 1.4 billion dollars back from the U.S. to Nicaragua uh, in 2021. The World Food Program uh, said 30% of Nicaraguans live in poverty. 17% of children under five years old suffer from malnutrition. And in some regions, the numbers are as high as 30%. Uh, you ask about corruption. Did I hear someone say corruption? Wow, sure. Oh, absolutely. I think we've covered that a little bit. But in 2022, 23 judges and prosecutors with ties to the president were sanctioned by the United States of America. Um, four of these judges had convicted and sentenced six former presidential candidates on charges of, quote, undermining national integrity. What I was thinking is we can get one of these sanctioned judges who charged a president for undermining national integrity and get them up here for Donald Trump's trial because that sounds like a good thing to charge him under, undermining national integrity. I don't think that's something you can go to jail for here. Maybe we send him to Nicaragua for the, the sentencing. We'll see. Anyways, say what you want about corruption here, yes. Daniel Ortega has children, and his children own and manage money, uh, many of the state and run media state sorry, state run media companies. So they run the state run media companies, some of them. Rafael Ortega owns the gas station chain DNP, which controls one third of gas sales in Nicaragua and has been accused of money laundering. Uh, Routers article in 2014, or is that a 2019? Uh, and U.S. Treasury Department are the sources on that. Reuters also alleges from documents they reviewed that some of these media companies aren't paying taxes. Nicolas Maduro 
Venezuela's vice president bought goods from the Ortega regime and gave him a bunch of oil on the low. Um, that's why I started researching Nicaragua, because I wanted to see if there was more of a connection between Nicolas Maduro, Venezuela's president, and Daniel Ortega, Nicaragua's president. But I didn't really find out too much, other than the fun fact that Maduro and Ortega were not allowed to attend Queen Elizabeth II's funeral. Now, here's something I'm confused upon. Um, I read, if you type in D-I-A-L-O-G-O-Americas.com, that's the website, Ricardo de Leon, a Nicaraguan expert in international law, told the Voice of America that, quote, all Central American countries, both within the OAS, Organization of American States, and the United Nations have voted in favor of resolutions for Maduro to either call for new elections or recognize the National Assembly. Um, and this is tripping me out. I don't know if you listened to my episode on Venezuela, but in my episode on Venezuela, I basically said Nicolas Maduro gave a bunch of oil to different countries for very cheap prices to kind of gain um, political uh, alliances, right? And now this is confusing hearing this on a different from someone else saying, oh, yeah, all the countries in South America voted for him to, you know, make changes. You wouldn't think they would do that if they were in the pockets. So now I'm not sure if – what the heck is happening. I don't know. If anyone can explain to me what, what you know, because maybe the leadership in some of these countries changed. Maybe um, these countries are voting – in this block of countries, this coalition of countries, that's all the countries in the Americas, um, for kind of the look of it, and then kind of behind the back, they're like, look, we, we support Maduro. Or, you know, maybe not. Maybe the, maybe the good graces have worn off. Who knows? Petro fraud happened in kind of 2005 to 2007 time frame, so maybe enough time has passed that some of those political alliances are no longer... Uh, in effect as much. Um, yeah, like I was saying, maybe maybe countries are, the countries are playing kind of both sides, like voting one way and then on the other, on the other end being like, hey, we're getting stuff from, you know, Maduro being in power. Uh, which is interesting, you know, because the, the last thing that I learned on Nicaragua, this just came from a dinner conversation I had with some friends the other day who were saying that they were like, hey, honestly, we just think Nicaragua is you know, a prop government that the CIA, you know, is supporting and keeping in power. And I was like, wow, that's pretty dark and crazy. Maybe, who knows? I guess, I mean, I guess if a country's, you know, not doing well, that benefits another country to a certain degree, right? I don't know. Anyways, uh, about last week, the Iranian president arrived in Nicaragua to do his leader stuff that he does, and pledged to increase bilateral trade with Nicaragua from $3 billion to $20 billion. I don't know if you, about you guys, but for me, that's unacceptable. I think, because we're, we, we we're, we're the 50% here. Iran can't take, you know, the 50% that we're giving. I think it's time that we take the recording of Trump that the prosecutors in his trial say they obtained, where he says, oh, uh, apparently I have, you know, I, I took a classified file of, 
you know, U.S. plans to invade Iran. I don't know. That's a thing. Apparently, the prosecutors have. I say we take that, that plan the U.S. had to maybe attack Iran to whatever degree that document says. And uh, maybe put that into action. Because we have to retain that 50%. We didn't send Marines to the country and overthrow their government for nothing. Right? That's my take on it, at least. Anyways, hope you're having a good week. Uh, let's uh, take it out with the soundbite. No hostility from another species because there's a higher governing species, or is it just the fact that there, there is no hostility whatsoever? How can we be sure of that? First question. Everybody who I know who has dealt directly with those beans have told me our own experience, and that is they are completely non-hostile. They have been portrayed as such. Because how do you reunite the world around a military response? You create a false alien threat. This is what Werner von Braun warned about. And we are very much at that point, unfortunately. So I think that calmer minds need to prevail. But there is no evidence they are hostile. Now, let me make one other point. As I said one time to a general, I won't say who it is, because if they were hostile and given the galactically foolish things we have done, targeting them, striking them. Now these systems that are faster than speed of light moving out into space. The technologies they have in a fraction of a second could shut down all those systems and everything else. They have not. Why have they not done that? Because they are essentially very peaceful, highly organized, socially evolved, psychologically and emotionally evolved civilizations. One other point, common sense. If you possess those sort of weapons and you're still of the consciousness of violence, you're going to blow yourself up uh, or some nearby planet with you. 